Let's all stand and we'll pay, look at page 180. Everybody will be happy over there. Everybody sing out. There's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond where the sailors shall sing the glory share. Where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore. Everybody will be happy over here. He is preaching in Kansas this week, so you pray for him. God touch him and help him and be with him. And it, But it sure is good to see you here this morning. As long as he comes by, we'll be all right. That's what makes a difference. I'm glad God is not limited in what he can do based on who's here and who's not here. He said, where two or three are gathered in his name, he'd be in the midst. Well, there's more than two or three of us. And if we'll gather together in his name, he said he'd be in the midst. And I sure do appreciate that this morning. By way of announcements, uh, Brother Mike wanted me to announce that the VBS, uh, for all the people helping in VBS, the t-shirts are in the fellowship hall. You can go by there after the service and pick up your shirt. Uh, we got this Saturday and next Saturday, VBS work days to finish our decorating and, and all those things to be taken care of. If you would help us with us, help us with that, we sure would appreciate it. Uh, Miss Janet wanted me to announce that youth choir practice will be after church this morning. And then uh, the dates for VBS will be July the 11th through the 14th. And then homecoming on July the 31st. Uh, also, I want to remind everybody to pray for Brother Leo. 
Uh, those of you that may not have known, he had a wreck this week and got beat up pretty bad. Uh, but thankfully, he is all right. I'm glad God was watching over him and protecting him. But do pray for him that God will touch him and help him recover. And for their family, and pray for the remainder of the service this morning. Lord, touch and help us and meet with us and give us what we need. And, and uh, if we get anything today, it will have to be through him. I don't know about you, but I need him. And I pray that he'll do something for us this morning. I sure would like to see somebody get saved, wouldn't you? It's been a little while, and I sure would love to see somebody come and trust the Lord as their Savior. Today would be a good day for that. So you pray for the service. The Lord, help us and meet with us. And at this time, I'm going to ask Brother Joe Haynes, if he will, to lead, open us in prayer. <coughs> Let you remain seated if you'll sing loud. Let's look at page 235.
6. And tell me what the word too confident up here leading singing brother Terry that's his job but I'm telling you with a choir and with these musicians I tell you it makes it pretty easy yes. we, we're blessed here at Merville Baptist Church I'm telling you there's a lot of churches that don't have this right here and we need to be very thankful we're blessed here yeah amen let's stand we're gonna sing one more song this is one of my favorites it's an old hymn and uh, just listen to it page 409 y'all sing out
got tithes and offering, y'all gonna break them down now. Tithes and offering. need someone to talk to he's always there to hear my prayer each time I call him and all my needs he will supply my thirsty soul he'll satisfy he's the Lord of all he's all I need I'm weary, eases every pain, and he fills my deepest longings. Time and time again, he's my soul's inspiration, my heart's consolation. He's my everything, he's all I need. turn to any other for he's a friend a friend that's closer than a brother and on this friend I can rely to be my strength as life goes by he's the Lord of all he's all I Comforts me when I'm weary, eases every pain, and he fills my deepest longings. Time 
And time again, he's my soul's inspiration, my heart's consolation. He's my everything. He's all I Again, it sure is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm glad he is all I need. Somebody might say, well, he's all I've got. That's okay, because he's all you need. I'm thankful for that. I could, I could lose everything that I've got physically in this world. I could lose my, my home. I could lose my job. God forbid I could even lose my family. But I'd still have him. Well, that's something that I cannot lose. I'm glad if you're saved by the grace of God, you have a personal relationship with Lord Jesus Christ. That is something, once you have it, you cannot lose it. Nothing can ever take it away from you. Nothing can ever change it. Nothing can ever undo it. I'm glad nothing I can do wrong will ever make him change his mind. I sure am glad to be saved by the grace of God this morning. It sure is good, once again, to be here today. Forgive me for being nervous. I'm trying to settle down. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's hard enough standing in front of a group of people to do anything. But even more so when you stand, know that you're standing before God and it's something as important and, and something as holy as, as preaching God's word is, it's a fearful thing. But I sure do appreciate Brother John having enough confidence in us and trusting us to take care of it for him while he's gone. You pray for him once again this morning as he stands also that God would touch and help him as well. Thank God for our pastor. Amen. I love Brother John. I thank God for him. I appreciate him and I pray that God richly, richly blesses him while he's gone. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of John, chapter number 4. John, chapter number 4, share with the thought that the Lord has laid on my heart this morning. I've had this passage of Scripture on my mind a good part of the week this week, and uh, I just keep coming back to it, keep coming back to it. Even things going on at work keeps bringing it back to my mind. I ain't been able to get away from it. And so I'm confident this is where God wants us to be this morning. You pray for us as we stand. Lord, help us. Uh, don't let the familiarity of the passage this morning keep us from hearing from the Lord. Sometimes it's easy to overlook a passage that we're real familiar with and a passage that we know very well, and it's easy sometimes to overlook it. But I'm amazed. This Word of God is living. It's alive. And it's amazing. You can study the same passage of Scripture over and over and over, and God can still show you something new every time. And I thank God for that, and I pray that He'd help us this morning. I will begin reading in verse number 1, John chapter number 4. I want to read several verses. Bear with me as I read. <clears throat> verse number 1 says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and, and baptized more disciples than John, though not Jesus Himself baptized not, but His disciples, He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And He must needs go through Samaria... Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. 
Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked him of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into eternal or everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, said unto her, Thou hast well, hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father, Ye worship, ye know not what. We know that we, what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee... Am he, And upon this, his disciples marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye that there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all things ever I did." So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now he believed, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow our unworthy head before you once again, God, as we come before you, God, I thank you, Lord, for what we've already heard and felt in our hearts in the service this morning, how that you've already uh, came and spoke to us. I believe that. Lord, I thank you for the good devotion this morning about prayer. God, asking and believing, God, and putting our trust in you. If it's according to your will, Lord, you giveth it. 
Lord, I thank you for that this morning. God, what a great privilege we have to come to before the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the, the God that holds the whole world in the palm of his hand, how we can come before you and bring our petitions to you. Lord, I'm amazed by that and ever grateful. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the good Sunday school time we had together, God, about forgiveness. God, help us, Lord, not to hold grudges and be against other people, Lord, that may do us wrong for anything that somebody can do to us. We'll never, ever compare, God, to all the wrong that we've done you. God, how many times we've failed you and come short of the, of the glory of God, Lord. And yet still, God, you have forgiven us of every sin, every wrong thought. God, you have forgiven us and, and forgotten it, Lord. Uh, though the things that we may not forget, God, I'm glad you don't remember it's covered under the blood. I'm glad to be saved by the grace of God, Lord. I'm thankful for that this morning. God, I pray, Lord, you please bless the remainder of the service today. God, would you please continue to touch us and help us and give us a, a fresh touch from heaven this morning, Lord, and, and bless your word today. Lord, I pray that people wouldn't see me. God, that they might see you high and lifted up and hear from heaven today. Uh, God, that you'd do the preaching today. God, that you'd uh, uh, speak to our hearts through the working of the Holy Ghost and open up our eyes and our hearts to your word today and, and speak to us. God, make it become real to us today. And, and Lord, I pray especially, Lord, if there'd be one here today that's lost, never been saved by the grace of God, uh, uh, Lord, maybe find Finally old enough to come to that realization and, and understanding in their life, God, what it means to be lost. That God, the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, would come by their way today, Lord, and speak to their heart. Uh, and softly and tenderly, Lord, uh, uh, draw them to you, God, that they might get saved. Uh, uh, Lord, today would be the day of salvation, Lord, to get, uh, uh, Lord, their eternal security set, Lord, and sure. Uh, Lord, I pray if they'd be on here, Lord, today that's not sure, they don't know if they're saved or not, God, wrestling. Lord, today they could get it settled in their heart and and sure today, God, they can't serve you. Lord, they can't be what you'd have them to be till they get it settled in their heart, uh, knowing that they're first of all saved themselves, and then they can tell others. Uh, Lord, I pray, Lord, for those of us that are here today that are saved, but God, uh, uh, Lord, we've gotten cold on you. Uh, uh, Lord, we've lost the vision. Lord, you said where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, and God, I believe that many of us today, Lord, have lost our vision. Uh, Lord, we'd probably all be embarrassed today, Lord, if we went around and asked each one of us, Lord, uh, how many people we witnessed to today are told about you or, or this this past week, God, how many people we uh, tried to invite to church or tell about you, it'd probably embarrass us, God. Uh, Lord, help us as your people to get back to what's important. Uh, God, to realize that we're living in a lost and dying world, people all around us, Lord. Uh, dying and going to hell need to be saved. God, help us, Lord, uh, uh, God, to get that vision back once again. God, please touch us and help us in all that you do. We'll try our very best. So thank you and praise you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we humbly pray. And amen. Like I said, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture this morning for our text. Uh, uh, this is a message that's been taught and been preached on many, many, many times before. I, I'm probably not going to tell you anything new this morning or anything that you haven't heard before, but I hope it at least be fresh to us and, and, and still stir us up this morning. Uh, uh, the thought that I'm interested in this morning, these words that this, uh, uh, this Samaritan woman ran into the city and told him, she said, come see a man. Come see a man. And that's the thought that's on my heart this morning. Uh, uh, we see here in, in the beginning part of the chapter uh, chapter 4, book of John, uh, Jesus has been working and been baptizing and leading people uh, uh, in, there in Judea. And so he's getting ready to depart from Judea and go back into Galilee, which is where he was from. Uh, and so uh, the, in order to get back to Galilee, he's either got to go through Samaria or around Samaria. 
Samaria is in between Judea and Galilee. And most Jews would take the extra time, Brother Clay, uh, to go the long way around. Uh, they would avoid Samaria. They would uh, go around Samaria to get to Galilee uh, uh, because they didn't like the Samaritans. They didn't get along with them. They looked down upon them. Uh, they saw the Samaritans as a lower class of people. Uh, uh, they, were not, they were not full Jews. They were half. Uh, uh, they, they looked down upon them. They were second grade, they were second grade people. They were lower class people. They looked down upon them. They didn't have any dealings with them. Just as a Samaritan woman uh, told Jesus there, she said, the Jews have no dealings with us. Uh, so most of the time, they would take the long way around and avoid these people. But notice his travel, uh, number one, his travel was required. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. He said, boys, y'all may be used to going around Samaria. You may be used to avoiding that place. It's a place that, uh, that most people don't really want to go. Uh, it's a people that most people don't like to be around. Uh, uh, maybe makes them uncomfortable. Uh, uh, they don't, they're, they're not the same kind. They don't do things the same way. Uh, uh, they're not just like you. We like to generally avoid those people. Uh, there's areas in this world. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about this morning. There's people and there's places in this world that, uh, that we just assume uh, uh, just uh, go around uh, We'd rather not, not be associated, not be around a, a certain place or people in this world. There's some people that we uh, wouldn't generally uh, uh, enjoy spending time with or being around. Some people we'd rather avoid. Uh, and uh, I'm glad to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. It doesn't matter your citizenship or what class of person uh, uh, that you think you are or anybody else thinks you are. It doesn't matter what part of town that you may be from uh, or, or who your mom and daddy was what your heritage was. It doesn't matter what, co what color you are. It doesn't matter, matter ma male or female, uh, a boy or girl, how old or young. I'm glad God doesn't uh, uh, go around. I'm glad He doesn't leave anybody out. Uh, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. I'm glad God is no regarder of persons this morning. He doesn't leave anybody else. The Word of God is still true. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm glad his travel was required. He said, I've got to go through Samaria today. It wasn't just required, but it is revealed why. I believe he was at the perfect place at the exact perfect time that he needed to be there at that well that day. You see, the Bible said that she came in the sixth hour. That was midday around noon in the heat of the day. Most people did not go to the well in the middle of the day. Especially all your respectable people and, and all the in crowd, the popular people, they all went early in the morning, Brother Warren, before it got hot and, and before it got dry. They went early in the morning to draw water out of that well. Uh, uh, but, but there's a reason why this woman, uh, she decided to wait till later in the day. She's trying to avoid people. After having five husbands and now living with another man, she's probably not the most reputable person in Samaria. She's probably not one of the, she's probably not very looked, very well looked upon. She's probably not got a lot of friends. She's probably not very liked. Uh, she's trying to go in the middle of the day to avoid running into anybody. She's trying to uh, stay away from everybody and keep her distance. She's probably made a few enemies along the way in her life and she's trying to avoid people. But God knew exactly, uh, the Lord Jesus knew exactly when and what day uh, she is going to be at that well. And he said, I must needs, uh, I have an appointment uh, that I need to make about noon today. Uh, I've got to be at Jacob's well. There was a purpose, there was a reason. He knew that she'd be coming to the well about that time. And he's sitting there waiting on her. 
I don't know how long you waited, Brother Warren. I don't know how long the disciples had been gone and, and left, went into the city to buy meat, but it didn't matter to him. He's just sitting and waiting. He's just sitting and waiting. He was there for a purpose. He was there on a mission, and it was but for one person, this Samaritan woman. He was there at the right time, at the right place. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's going to be hard not to this morning. Can I just go ahead? If I get ahead of myself, it'll be fine. But I'm glad there was a Monday night revival on a little brick, in a little brick church on the top of the hill right outside of town in a little bitty town in North Carolina, back up in the mountains. I'm glad there was a specific night on a Monday night revival. The Lord had an appointment. He said there's a little bitty church having revival up there. And Brother Joe, there on a Monday night about 7 o'clock and revival, I've got an appointment there. I must needs go by there. There's somebody that I've got to meet. I'm glad his travel was required and it was revealed why it was personal. He was our own personal business. There's somebody that he loved and cared about. Somebody that most people wanted to avoid. Somebody that most people looked down upon and didn't care about. He said, I must needs go to the well today. I'm glad, thank God, he come by the well at the right time. His travel, notice her thirst. We read this passage of Scripture and all I see is a woman that's thirsty. And I'm not talking about physical water. Obviously, they all had to go probably every day to draw water out of that well. That was normal. You will not survive as a human being without so much water a day. You've got to have more water than you do food. You can go a little while without food. You can't go long at all without water. Everybody's got to have water to survive and to live. She went every day, I'm sure, at some point in time or another, that well to draw water. But that's not the thirst that I want us to look at this morning. That's not the thirst that I'm talking about. She was thirsty for something more than just some physical water out of a well. You can look at this lady's life. She's thirsty. She's searching for something. A woman to go through five husbands and now with a sixth man is searching for something. She's trying to find something or somebody to satisfy her. She's, look, she's got a longing in her heart. There is a void. There is some emptiness in her heart. And she's looking for somebody to fill it. Those people, they look in different places in different areas of their life. Some look for the, look for the bottle. Some look for the, for, the, for the smoke and for the needle. Uh, uh, some look for people. Some look for affection. Some look for attention. Uh, uh, but everybody in this world is looking in some place or another for something uh, to fill a void in their heart. We all have a longing. And everybody, they have different philosophies and different ideas on where to go and to fill that longing. And they may find something to fill it for a little while. It's just like a physical drink of water. You can drink you a good glass of cold water. You'll be okay for a little while. But eventually you're going to get thirsty again. It does not ever completely forever satisfy. You're eventually going to get thirsty and have to go back again. She's going back. She's going back again. And again and again, trying to find something or somebody to satisfy her thirsty soul. She's thirsty. Not only was she, I, I thought about her thirst, she was unsatisfied, she was unsure. She didn't know where to go to find it. I mean, obviously, if you're wanting to feel some love and, affa and affection and compassion and, and there's a longing in your heart, you look to people to find it. 
There's a lot of people today, they're looking for people to find what it is that they're missing inside their heart. I'm glad to tell you, it is a person, but it's not anybody down here on this earth that you're looking for. Uh, there's a lot of people, they're unsure of where to find it. That's why it's up to you and I. And once again, I'm getting ahead of myself, that's all right. That's why it's up to you and I as God's people. We know where to look. Uh, uh, we've already had a drink of the well. We've already had our thirsty souls satisfied. That's why it's up to us to tell them where to go. Her thirst... I want to notice her taste. She asked God for a taste of this water. She said, sir, give me a drink of this water. She was intrigued. She is thirsty. She tried a lot of other things. Why not try this? Can I say, first of all, this taste was supernatural. This was something that she could not find on her own. This was something that she could not obtain on her own. She said, what are you going to draw with? She said, the well's deep and you have nothing to draw with. She said, what kind of water are you talking about? She realized that, that he's talking about something that she had no access to in, her, in and of herself. He had something that she couldn't get. You know, she'd been searching, but he had something that she had, she had never seen, never heard, never tasted of before. It was supernatural. He said, it's living water. It's water that never runs out. Never ever runs out. He said, not only is it living water, Brother Warren, but he said, his is a well of its own. He said, you drink of this, you'll have your own well on the inside to drink from. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I've got a well this morning. I'm glad I've got a well. And every once in a while he feels it's so full, it begins to overflow uh, and, and just runs all through my life. And I just get beside myself and get so, get so excited and happy that God himself would come by. There have been times, and you can ask my wife, I'm not lying, I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not boasting either. There have been times just right on the lawnmower. And God began to pour in that well. And Brother Warren, I mean, just, I, I mean, I probably ain't driving a straight line to save my life. As tears begin to roll down my face, I'm listening to something in my ears. And God Himself starts riding with me on the lawnmower and fills that well up. And it begins to roll over and overflow. I'm telling you that, thank God, there's nothing in the world that'll ever compare to the taste of His living water. I've got my own well. Supernatural. It was separate from anything else she'd ever tried. It's totally different. This is different. This is different. I've never seen nothing like this before. I've never talked to anybody like this before. There's something different about this man. She'd even tried religion. You say, how do you know that preacher? As soon as she believes he's a prophet, she starts talking. She says, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And the Jews said we ought to worship in Jerusalem. That's a place we ought to go to worship. He said, I'm not talking about that. She knew about religion. She knew that the Messiah was going to come. She knew that when he comes, she said he'll tell us all that. She knew about religion. Can I say to you this morning, there's a lot of people got religion. There's plenty of them. You can take your pick. Whatever one fits your life, whatever one suits you just right, there's a religion for everything today. You can have all the religion in the world. I'll say this, you can come to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, and every meeting and ever ever get together in between. You can have all the religion in the world and still be just as dry and thirsty as you've ever been. And if you die in that shape, you'll die and still go to a devil's hell. It doesn't matter how, how much religion you've got. You can take religion by the hand and run as far as you want to with it, and it'll still let you fall into hell. There's a lot of religious people in hell this morning. There's a lot of people been faithful to church. Brother Warren, they got their church membership. They got their baptism. They, 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 they sing in a choir. They may have even taught Sunday school. There's preachers in hell this morning. 
believe that. For whatever reason, they're just doing it for whatever reason. They had a false profession or, or misled. Uh, but I'm telling you this morning, religion ain't going to do you a bit of good. These people that's very deep in religion, been, been brought up in it all their life, they walk the walk, they talk the talk, but they're still thirsty. They're leaving their homes, their families, and everything that they at once held dear because they're still thirsty. They're looking for something to satisfy them. Preachers and preachers' wives and deacons and, and, and great families that you'd never dream in your life, and, uh, but all they've got is religion. They know the walk and the talk, but they're still empty. They're still thirsty inside, and they're leaving all that because they ain't found what they, want, what they need to satisfy them. If I thought anybody was saved, it's mama. In my opinion, she's one of the godliest people I ever knew. But I'll never, I'll never forget that morning in chapel of the Christian school. I was preaching, and God, God burdened my heart to preach on hell. I had no idea why. I remember giving an invitation that morning. My mama was weeping and bawling her eyes out and come down to that altar. And I thought for sure, Brother Ron, she just burdened about somebody. Bless her heart, she's praying about somebody. God's got somebody on her heart. She grabbed me by the coattail and yanked me down to that altar. And she said, I'm lost. I'm lost. And I need to get saved by the grace of God. You talking about in shock. I was in shock. Wait a minute. Did I just hear? Not Mama. If anybody saved it's mama, did I, surely not, I'd be honest with you, if she needed my help, she's in trouble, I couldn't, I couldn't do much for her at that moment, I was in shock, she, she had been raised in church all of her life, been married to a preacher for many, many years, and, and, and probably led many other people to the Lord, thank God she didn't need my help, she already knew what to do, she had, she, she had made a profession, but she didn't have nothing to satisfy that thirst. God the Holy Ghost come by the way and spoke to her heart and convicted her and showed her she is lost and she got saved by the grace of God. I'm glad God saved anybody. Everybody needs to be saved. It don't matter how religious you are. If all you've got is religion, I promise you, you're going to regret it one day. She had tried religion still wasn't satisfied. That's why there's a lot of people leave church. They go searching for something because they never got it. They never really truly got it. They didn't get anything real. They're still thirsty. I'm glad God can satisfy it's more than religion. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can know all you want to about Him. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of scholars in this world that knows about Him, but they don't know Him personally. The Bible said the devils believe and tremble. They know probably more about Him than most of us do. They've seen Him before. They've seen Him with their own eyes before. They know probably more about Him than we do, but they're not saved. It's more than just knowing about Him. Do you know Him personally? She met him that day. She met him at the well and he changed her life. That's why she ran into the city saying, Come see a man which told me all things ever I did. He changed her life. I believe a man truly gets saved by the grace of God, he'll be a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I worry about people that say they've been saved by the grace of God and never darken the doors of the church, never open their Bible, they never pray. There's no fruit in their life whatsoever of Christianity or having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I worry about people like that. For something as big as God is to come into somebody's heart, surely to goodness you'd see signs of it somewhere. I know we're not to judge, but like I've said many times before, he also said you can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears. 
And there's some people proclaiming to be an apple tree, but they're growing oranges. Something ain't right right there. They've been deceived. There's something, they're, they're missing something. I don't want nobody to miss it. It's more than religion. I'm glad I've got a relationship with Lord Jesus Christ. I had religion. Being born and raised in a preacher's home all of my life, took to church every service and had my baptism, my church membership, sung in the choir, faithful to Sunday school. I had my, my little profession on Easter Sunday morning as a seven-year-old boy said that I got saved. I was just as empty as I could be because all I had was religion. But thank God that Monday night of revival, as a 13-year-old boy, I got more than religion. Got saved by the grace of God, Brother Clay. I started a brand new relationship with the dearest friend that I've ever had. It was a satisfying taste. She, she even left what she came for. She left her water pot. She's no longer interested. She's no longer worried about another physical drink of water. She's not worried about that water pot anymore. What she came for, she got a lot more than what she realized. She had no idea that day. It was probably just another ordinary day to her, just going through her daily routine like she always had before, had no idea that her life was about to change forever. She wasn't worried about that water pot no more. When you get saved by the grace of God, you're not worried about those old things anymore. I'm glad God can give new desires in your heart. I didn't have to go to church no more. I wanted to go to church. I didn't have to read my Bible. I wanted to read. I wanted to pray. Boy, I could, feel, I, I could tell there's a difference when I prayed after that. I was actually talking to someone. Started a brand new relationship. It was satisfying. He said, you shall never thirst again. We get thirsty physically. But I'm glad spiritually. If I'm where I need to be with the Lord. David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. As long as I've got my sin confessed and that relationship's going like it's supposed to be, I'm satisfied. There are times when I'm not as satisfied, but that's my fault, not God's. God didn't go anywhere. I let things get in between our communication and our relationship from time to time. But if that relationship's what it's supposed to be, I'm doing my part, I'm satisfied. Matter of fact, there's nothing in the world that makes me any happier whatsoever than being right with God where God wants me to be. Notice the truth. It wasn't concealed. She probably tried to hide it from as many people as she could, but I'll be honest with you, you be with this many men, it ain't very well hid. Everybody probably knew she probably had a reputation. She had a dark reputation, a dark past. Everybody probably knew who she was. And I guarantee most women kept her, their husbands far away from her also. She had a bad reputation. She lived a horrible, a rough lifestyle. And she was unwanted by many people. But I'm glad things changed that day. But he told her the truth. She said, I have no husband. He said, boy, you got that right. You've had five, and the one you're with now, you ain't even married to. He knew all about her. He knew everything about her. There was nothing hid from him. He had never physically met her before. They had physically never met, but yet he knew everything about her. He knew every wrong thought she'd ever had. Yet he still said, I must needs go through Samaria. Didn't matter what she had done, where she had been, who she was, where she come from. None of that mattered to him. It made no difference to him whatsoever. Aren't you glad this morning as a child of God that God did not care who you was, uh, where you came from, where you been, uh, uh, what you'd done, what you'd thought. Uh, I'll be honest with you. We can act like we're real good Christians. We're all still just sinners saved by the grace of God. Uh, we'd probably all be embarrassed just if everybody knew just the thoughts and imagination we'd had just this morning. 
I heard a man preaching one time about relationships and he said something that I've never gotten over. He said, you know, most of us love each other more about more for what we don't know about each other than what we do know about each other. Boy, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I'll be the first to tell you, if you knew me like I know me, you would have no interest sitting here listening to me preach this morning. I'm just being honest. A lot of us probably wouldn't want anything to do with each other if we knew each other like we know ourselves. Guess what? God does know you better than you know yourself. He knows the very hairs upon your head, and yet He still loves you enough to give His only begotten Son to suffer, bleed, and die like no man's ever suffered so that you can be saved by the grace of God and spend eternity with Him in heaven. He loves you no matter, in spite of everything we've ever done. I, I, I'll even tell you this. Getting saved at an early age, Brother Clay, I've messed up a lot more since He saved me than I had before. And he knew, because he knows everything, past, present, and future, he knew that I'd mess up more after he saved me, and yet he saved me anyway. That's how good and how much God loves you and I today. You'll never outreach, you'll never outrun the reach of the love of God. You'll never do it, you'll never do too much. I'm glad God will save the darkest, the most vilest, wretched, wicked sinner on the face of the earth. If they'll put their faith and trust in him and ask him to forgive them their sins, he'll save them. He said, whosoever. He didn't say if you've lived decent enough or not done enough. He said, whosoever. There is no other stipulation on it as long as you call upon him. He said, whosoever. I thank God this morning. He didn't exclude anybody. Didn't matter what she had done. He knew all about her. It wasn't concealed from him, but it had to be confessed. She had to realize if she was going to get any help, if she was going to get saved by the grace of God, she had to realize she was a sinner. She had to see herself as being lost. There's a lot of lost people today, but they'll never get saved because they cannot see themselves as being lost. They don't think they need anything. They think they're good enough. They think they've got enough. They think they're in control of their own destiny and they can do whatever they please. They don't need anything from God. They've never seen themselves as being lost. I thank God the Holy Ghost come by my way and convicted me. Showed me I was lost. I'd made a false profession as a seven-year-old boy as I come down to the altar on Easter Sunday morning. I didn't know what it was to be saved. I just knew it was a good thing and everybody wanted to be. So I wanted to be saved too, Brother Warren. I went down. I bowed my head. I closed my eyes. I listened to everybody else around me pray. And he got up and said, got saved. But I'm glad God the Holy Ghost revealed it to me. Spoke to my heart and showed me otherwise that I was lost. Never been saved by the grace of God. God convicted my heart and showed me I'm glad God showed me where I was at. A man's got to see himself lost before he can get saved. I'm glad God will reveal your sin to you. Not to rub it in your face. Not to, not to bear it down on your condemned. We're, we're all condemned already. It's just to show you your need so that you'll call upon Him. The truth, I'm moving on very quickly. Notice her testimony. I'm talking about a wonderful testimony. First of all, it was personal. She didn't tell him what he'd done for somebody else. She ran through that city and said, come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Sad today that people's got it in their mind that in order to witness somebody, you've got to be a great big Bible scholar that know the Bible from cover to cover and, and quote it. And, and you've got you to gotta be able to go and preach to every individual. And you've got you to go through all these. Can I just stop and say to you this morning, just tell somebody what he done for you. That's what she did. She said, come see a man which told me all things ever. She, did, she, she just got saved. She don't know any Bible. She knows about religion a little bit, but she don't know him. She just met him. She's not a Bible scholar. All she did was go and tell everybody, hey, come see a man. Let me tell you what he done for me. 
I don't know about you, but let me just tell you what He's done in my life. He's done for me what nobody else could ever do. He satisfied a longing in my heart that nobody else could satisfy. Come see a man. All you got to do is just tell him what He's done for you. We don't save nobody anyway. We just bring them to Him. He does the saving. That's what she done. She got them to come see a man. She didn't say, you're forgiven. And you're... We ain't got the ability to forgive nobody of sin. All she did was say, come see a man. And boy, when they came and seen him, their life was changed forever. You just got to get them to come see him. You ain't got to be a big Bible scholar and do all this. Just tell somebody what he done for you. That's what your testimony is. When God saved your soul, when God made a difference in your life, that's all it takes to witness to somebody. Bring them to the house of God. Tell them, you need to come see a man. And I'm not talking about the preacher man, but I'm talking about the man, Christ Jesus. You need to come and see a man. Her testimony was personal, and then it was powerful. Notice what the Bible said in verse number 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. There was a lot of people. The Bible said many. I don't know how many, many was, but it was many. A lot of people got saved that day because of her testimony. That's all she did. She went and said, come see a man. It'd be amazing how many people might get saved by the grace of God if we just go and tell them, come see a man. That's all she done. When's the last time you told somebody, come see a man? When's the last time you stopped and told somebody about when you got saved? When's the last time that you was burdened about somebody and said, hey, won't you come go to church with me this Sunday? When's the last time? I'm afraid all of us be embarrassed if, if we asked ourselves uh, how many people we, we invited to church this week, how many people we told about when we got saved this week. Notice he's teaching. He's, he's teaching to his disciples. They come to him trying to get him to eat. They said, Master, you need to eat. That's why we, we got you something to eat. He wasn't interested in eating. He said, I've got meat that you know not of. Once again, we're so carnally minded. They're, all they can think of is the physical side of things, just like the Samaritan woman. Now, these disciples, you'd expect a little bit more from them. Once again, all their minds and eyes are is on the physical side. Somebody already gave him something to eat before we got here? Somebody done beat us to it? Somebody done gave him something? If we could just get our minds more on spiritual things like God, be more spiritually minded sometimes like God wants us to be. He said, no, I'm not talking about physical meat. I've got meat to eat that you know. He said, my meat is to do the will of my Father which sent me. He said, I'm enjoying, I'm being satisfied. I'm, I'm enjoying the works of my Father that He sent me to do. I'm enjoying accomplishing the mission that He put me on. I'm enjoying somebody, seeing somebody get saved by the grace of God. I'm not interested in physical meat. Would to God Christians once again got more excited about somebody getting saved than, than, than a new car or a new home or new, or new whatever else. Get, get off with all the physical, get excited excited about somebody getting saved by the grace of God once again. He said, that's my meat. That's all I need. That's what I'm enjoying, enjoying this morning. Somebody getting birthed into the family of God. He's teaching. Number one, he said, look. Look. He said, look under the fields. They're white already in the harvest. He said, there's people all around you that need to get saved by the grace of God. All you got to do is pick your head up and look. Look. No telling how many people we've seen with our eyes just this week that are lost and on their way to hell if we just look. If we just look. I'm talking about the teller at, at Ingalls or at the bank 
the, the person at the gas station, the person pumping gas beside you on the other gas station. Hey, God died for everybody. It don't matter if you know who they are, never seen them before in your life. God died for everybody. Somebody had to bring the gospel to you. Somebody had to tell you about Him. It may be God's plan for you to be the one to tell them. I wonder how much blood we're going to stand before God with our hands one day, the people that we failed to tell about Him. I believe that's real. Anybody else in here believe that's real? I believe that's a real thing. I believe we're going to stand before God and be accountable for all the people that we failed to tell about Him. That is our number one mission and goal as God's people. And we're missing it. I'm not trying to beat you over the head this morning. I promise you, I'm not here to be mean or, 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 or to be hateful about nothing. I'm just saying we, we need to try to and ask God to help us to look. Not only to look, but He said to labor. He's talking about sowing the seed. You're never going to sow the seed if you don't look and see the need. Look and see the need so that you can sow the seed. God needs laborers. There's some things we have to pray about in our lives, trying to find the will of God for our lives. There's some things we got to find and seek and pray about. But then there's other things that are just a given. You don't have to stop and pray about asking somebody if they're saved or not. That's a given. That's an automatic. We know as Christians that is God's will for our lives to ask somebody, have you ever been saved by the grace of God? Say, preacher, I'm scared to talk to people. Do you have a hand with some fingers? Can you grip a gospel track in your hand? That can do more than you may ever know. There's testimony after testimony of people getting saved just because somebody handed them a gospel track. This, we make this thing out to be so much harder than it really is. God help us to not lose sight of the vision. Without a vision, there is the people perish. He said, look. And then notice this, and I'm done. Notice his time with them. They begged him to stay with them. Brother Warren, he gave him two days. Two days. I'll be honest with you, two days ain't very long. Especially the older I get, two days gets quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. That's not a long period of time. That was all that he spent with them was just two days. If they were going to bring somebody to him, they had to do it quickly. Quickly. He's only going to be around for two days. If you got somebody in mind that you want them to come see this man, you better bring them quickly. Hey, if you personally want to come and meet this man, you better come quickly because he's not going to be here very long. Can I stop and say to you this morning, he's not going to wait much longer and he's coming. If you're going to get in this thing, just as Noah and his family got into the ark before the door was closed, if you're going to get in this thing, you better hurry and get in. Time's quickly running out. I look at the things going on in this world and I read my Bible. If you read any bit of Bible prophecy whatsoever, you can tell that we're getting right at the door of the return of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. We're getting close, real close. You're running out of time. You are playing, you are playing Russian roulette. You're playing a very dangerous game waiting to get your salvation secure. If I didn't know for sure I was saved by the grace of God, I wouldn't hesitate. I'd make it sure today. The devil would love nothing more to keep you wallowing in your doubt. Because as long as you're wallowing in your doubt, you will be an ineffective Christian for the cause of Christ. If you don't even know for sure if you're saved, you're sure not going to be able to win nobody else to Christ. God, I'm glad he wrote in 1 John, he said that you may know that you have eternal life. It is a no-so salvation, not a hope-so. Eternity's way too long and hell's too hot to hope-so. I'm glad I have assurance, not because of anything good I've done, but because of the Word of God. 
The Word of God is absolute truth. There's not a whole lot in this Word I can guarantee. But there's one thing I can guarantee. It's the Word of God. And I'm glad, thank God, based upon His Word, I've got 100% absolute confidence that I'm going to get to be there one day. Spiritually, positionally speaking, I'm already as good as there. It's a done deal. It's already been taken care of. Do you know for sure where you go when you leave this world? I believe He's coming back real soon. I believe it's real soon. Do you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or you just got religion? Have you ever had a true taste of living water? Have you ever had that well that started to spring up in your own heart? You didn't have to depend on somebody else's well no more. My first 13 years of life, I depended on mom and daddy's well. I depended on them for everything. My spirituality depended upon them. But I'm glad when I got saved by the grace of God personally, my own well started to spring up. You ever had a well spring up in your heart? You ever truly tasted living water? You ever been saved by the grace of God? I wouldn't ever try to make nobody in the world doubt. If you're doubting, you're doubting already. I ain't here to make you doubt about nothing. But you can know if you are doubting. Maybe you're here and God's immediately put somebody on your heart that you know for sure ain't saved by the grace of God. Look. Look and labor. See the need and sow the seed. God wants you to tell them about him. All you got to do is invite them to church. Come see a man. Come see a man. You know what? They may not come the first time. They may not come the second time. They may not come the third time. But you keep asking. I've got some plants in my garden that still ain't come up. But I'm still watering them anyway. Hoping they're going to come up. Who knows? I'm still watering them anyway. Hey, you still keep asking anyway. They may come, they may not. You just do your part. It's not up to you whether they come or not. It's just up to you to invite and to tell. You just keep doing your part. Just keep calling. Come see a man. Come see a man. And eventually, God let that sprout begin to come up. Let it grow. One of these days, they might walk through the doors and shock you and everybody else that they finally came. Not only come, but walk down the aisle and get saved by the grace of God. I promise you. Everybody in here remember how good it felt when you got saved by the grace of God. You remember what that feeling felt like. The closest thing that you'll ever feel to that again is when God lets you take, have a part in seeing somebody else experience the same thing. It's, it's almost like getting saved all over again. What joy that you'll never be able to describe when God lets you be a part of Him saving somebody and changing their life forever. As we all stand, Brother Warren comes and brings a song to us. I don't know your heart, but I tried my best to share with you what God's put on mine. And I trust and pray that we'll be sensitive and obedient to the Holy Ghost this morning. God deals with your heart and you need to come pray. I bid you to come. Uh, whether it be come and pray for somebody or to pray for you that God give you the courage to tell. Maybe you're here and you're not sure, you're not saved.